Hello everyone, welcome to this special episode of Soul Lead Saturday. The guest we have today, Terry Singh, I don't think I have to introduce him explicitly because his work speaks a lot more than my words. But uh, definitely to highlight some of his achievements in his uh, career, I would highlight that he is a founder of three organizations, DeepKafa.ai, Curie.ai and Real AI. We will learn more about his career journey. How did he find his area of interest and managing to lead that area? So welcome, Terry. I'm really, very happy to have you on the show. Really appreciate your time. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here, Vaishali. Very happy to share uh, whatever I've learned and happy to answer any questions you have for me. Yeah, uh, pleasure is all mine. And I'm also very excited to hear from you. So to begin with, when I saw your profile, uh, it is completely aligned to your area of interest, actually data and artificial intelligence. And along your career journey, you have started your career first in the data side and you were the head of the data. Then you moved into the consulting side. Then you were vice president, then CEO. And then now you are like founder of three organizations. So the first question I would like to ask is what do you enjoy the most and why? Uh, I think, uh, yes, I, I've been in the industry for 25 plus years, you know, working sort of life. Um, what I enjoy the most uh, is actually really working with, uh, with the data itself. Uh, and that is, uh, what, that, what does that mean? Basically, uh, you know, uh, trying to get some meaning out of information which comes in forms of data. Just as an example, uh, this is, I don't know, maybe almost close to 20 years ago. Uh, so I started off my career, uh, uh, did a little bit of programming in Visual Basics, uh, in, uh, so Microsoft technology. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, I started playing around with data algorithms and data structures in 97, 98, in that time frame. Mm -hmm. I uh, and then I actually worked with a few companies. Uh, it was a, there were, my first company uh, was a maritime company in the Netherlands, mm -hmm. uh, and there I was responsible for structuring the data, uh, writing a lot of you know SQL. It was a, uh, it was a RDBMS or relational relational mm -hmm. database management system. Mm -hmm. So RDBMS it was an Oracle. Uh, and I actually got very fascinated by that early on already. I don't know. It just <clears throat> it just spoke to my instincts, mm -hmm. and uh, I, was, I was quite obsessed about understanding data. Mm -hmm. um, and and what that means is, so in a relational database management system, you have tables, mm -hmm. and there could be hundreds of tables and schemas or. You know, it depends. In Oracle, you call them schemas. In SQL okay. Server, you call them, uh, you know, different. Uh, and and it was very fascinating to actually see, uh, you know, there's a table which has some other information. Mm -hmm. This table is connected to another table uh, through, uh, uh, you know, you have uh, primary keys, and then you connect these, and then suddenly you can create new tables, mm -hmm. uh, which is, which are called views. So I enjoy actually. An, I just enjoy playing with the data. So, you know, working with structured data, which is what those databases are, mm -hmm. uh, was nice. Uh, and then making presentations and creating visualizations, writing reports, creating reports mm -hmm. uh, is, is what actually drives me. And until the, to this day. So I enjoy uh, finding out insights from mm -hmm. data. Mm -hmm. uh, and then sort of, you know, looking at these uh, insights from multiple dimensions mm -hmm. and, and seeing where is the value. Mm -hmm. So that's the most what I enjoy. Mm -hmm. That's great, actually. So you early in your age, actually, you find your interest. And that's pretty good to know. Uh, because a lot of times it happens that majority of the people, uh, they try to explore, but they lack to find their interest uh, in the area, what they want to do. And... Uh, they just juggle between. But when I saw your profile, I saw that it is completely aligned. And I feel that they are like, you know, very uh, few percentage of the people who can find their area of interest early in their age, that, you know, what they enjoy the most. So thank you for sharing that. And it completely sure, sure. 
interest in the data field uh moving towards our next question it it is about like you know you are working in this field quite a long now so what changes do you see now and then in this field and how this field is evolved towards more progression so uh, i guess when, what you mean by field is uh, artificial intelligence those yeah uh oh right so so in in the first decade let's say you know databases became very powerful in the late 80s beginning 90s mm -hmm. uh and it was almost a data revolution happening inside the database companies so oracle ibm uh even microsoft uh, came up with their first database in the mid 90s um uh, it was fascinating uh and there was enough work to do but it was still uh, restrictive in many ways Mm -hmm. So uh, we were already uh, I was already kind of beginning to understand it when I worked at the university here in the north of Holland which is where I live. Mm -hmm. Um so basically I realized that uh, what about all the other information people share, right? Mm -hmm. Because blogs for example were first the blogs came into existence in 2003 2004. Google's Blogger and those kind of things. So I was like is there a way we can capture this information put them in some kind of a table format mm -hmm. uh other kind of information that is coming from network essentially mm -hmm. see the thing is uh, everything is a network mm -hmm. right now this is we are sitting in a network in a in yeah. a sort of a right this is and this is an internet work and and so uh, in a way the databases uh, were inside the tables but the world of information was outside the tables and so the information that you have from the databases is the information that you are sort of typing in and filling these mm -hmm. but the information around uh, what is happening around the world meaning uh, audio visual uh, images uh, everything that is unstructured mm -hmm. right they are essentially uh, 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 binary large objects in in database terms we call them blobs mm -hmm. so they are binary they're so basically all bitmap or jpg everything right they are binary large objects and the only thing that excited me so i was already getting excited about this whole idea around hey so uh, you know you can store a video inside a database you can store a video inside a database but it's it's it, there is no way that the database will scale uh okay. it makes the database slower it doesn't perform its bad okay. so you buy more compute capacity to to make the database function really well um okay. what a change what changed actually around 2006 2007 and 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 I, i must be honest i wasn't paying attention to it but i think around 2008 2009 i started noticing all the research coming out uh, in okay. in machine learning and you know all these other platforms and big data uh, that were coming up slowly um but still i uh i i i didn't see the value of how to bring this unstructured data and structured mm -hmm. data together to mm -hmm. make more sense out of it mm -hmm. uh today obviously it's it's an oxymoron it's you don't have to tell anybody about that people know how to make sense out of you know mm -hmm. images and videos and mm -hmm. audio and text and everything that you see around in computer vision and natural language processing Mm -hmm. as has become in a field in itself so mm -hmm. first of all what has changed is new disciplines have come to life which didn't exist 10 15 years ago mm -hmm. you know data scientists were you know people never called themselves data scientists you see because uh, even pharma pharma companies used to mm -hmm. ha they they always have had phd's working for them mm -hmm. even 40 years ago 50 years ago procter and gamble all these companies used to have but those people were never the prominent people they were just sitting somewhere inside a lab doing some stuff no one cared about them mm -hmm. so so what changed is the way we start looking at data that has changed mm -hmm. the way we start looking at people who work with data has changed i mean if you are a database administrator nobody gives nobody cares mm -hmm. if you are a data scientist people say wow he should know a lot um so that has changed uh, i'm not sure if that is really a reality because yeah. you still need data database people and uh, data engineers you need those people as well more actually than ever mm -hmm. um so essentially the, there's new technology obviously we are surrounded by it today um mm -hmm. there is new way of looking at data uh, through computer vision and nlp 
and uh, and obviously there's a, a totally whole new field emerging with startups doing mm -hmm. all kinds of things. So I guess in a way you can say almost everything changed with mm -hmm. uh, with the new way we are looking at the world. Yeah. In the eyes of data, actually. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, very glad actually you shared the background about it. Uh, I also got to know a little more about it actually. When did it started? And uh, uh, moving to our next question is along the same line about your achievement so far. So would you like would you like to share more about your three organizations, which is DeepKappa.ai, Curie.ai, and Real.ai, and any specific uh, focus areas in AI that these three organizations are working on? Absolutely. So, so Deep Kafa, starting with Deep Kafa because that was the first uh, company we launched uh, three years ago. DeepKafa.ai's focus is on, uh, uh, you know, doing uh, wonderful research. Mm -hmm. So we are constantly researching new ideas. Uh, so we have researchers with various disciplines and backgrounds mm -hmm. in neuroscience, uh, geophysics, mm -hmm. uh, uh, applied mathematics. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, also obviously biology, healthcare, you know, whether it is uh, oncology or cell biology, all kinds of things. So all these people have various backgrounds. Uh, their common passion is obviously data science. They are all very interested in data science. Mm -hmm. So we occasionally write research. I would like to write more than we, uh, than, than, you know, I would like to really publish more together with our researchers than we do. Uh, we really, uh, we see a lot of potential in in mm -hmm. uh, actually doing computer vision and NLP. So we, we do research. Mm -hmm. Then we also focus on, so AI solutions is a very important part of, because we need to make money. Research, you don't make money. Research costs money. Yeah. It takes money. We have to invest our mm -hmm. time because, you know, you I can't go to my customers and say, Hey, listen, we do a lot of research. They'll say, well, get out of here, you know, because, you know, I don't have money for your research. Mm -hmm. So we try to find ways to invest, um, whether it is through funding grants or, or maybe some research project we want to start with a customer. But it's not, it's not enough for us to survive, obviously, as our business. So AI solutions, which is the second part of our deep capital AI, mm -hmm. is where we focus on helping enterprises. <clears throat> So uh, enterprises have all kinds of challenges, but they also ask us to do AI trainings inside the enterprises. Mm -hmm. So, so there are there's management and there's engineers. Mm -hmm. So the management, which is CIO or CDO or even chief executive officer, depending on who is interested in AI, they like to ask questions like Terry, can you and your team help us create uh, a, a full AI program mm -hmm. which allows us to identify uh, you know, where is the value of data which we are not using? Mm -hmm. And how can my managers become more data savvy, the savvy or data centric? Mm -hmm. Because in many cases, managers don't know what's going on, right? They are still doing things the old fashioned way. Mm -hmm. And the CEOs, they want to, to change the mindset of their managers to become more data centric. Mm -hmm. From the engineer perspective, meaning the IT team, the technology team, uh, all these people have different skills. Some are developers, some are database managers, or some are database uh, uh, administrators, DBA, or database developers, or any other IT architects. You know, think of all the roles which companies have. Mm -hmm. They don't know much about machine learning. Right? Mm -hmm. So they are like, maybe there is one or two lost data scientists inside the organization, and everybody thinks he's a crazy guy because he's always talking about RNN or CNN, and yeah. people just don't know what he's talking about. So the IT people or the IT manager, they, he wants his engineers to be trained so they understand how they can make sense out of computer vision and NLP. Mm -hmm. So managers don't come to me or, or saying, hey, I need you to teach computer vision or CNN to my uh, engineers because they mm -hmm. don't know themselves. Mm -hmm. So they say, okay, can you make our, uh, can, we, can you create a skills plan for our team? Mm -hmm. Who uh, so so they can learn about the fundamentals of uh, machine learning and deep learning. So, and and from there we start teaching uh, these uh, employees mm -hmm. on on various uh, machine learning and deep learning skills. So just to summarize, Deep Kafa does uh, uh, AI solutions in which we train management uh, and we also do projects in cases mm -hmm. when they say, okay, 
here is data. Can you make a nice app for me? I said, oh, that's not the way it works. So we take the data. We have to pre-process. There's a whole lot of work going on. And then we also do projects. Uh, and then Kurai is uh, simply a healthcare uh, mm -hmm. sort of a company in which we are now doing breast cancer research. Mm -hmm. We have done dental research project already to basically understand mm -hmm. uh, how to identify if there are lesions um, mm -hmm. in your gums mm -hmm. to make that kind of, you know, using all kinds of uh, mm -hmm. computer vision techniques uh, like uh, uh, mask RCNN, those kind of techniques. Mm -hmm. uh, and we want to do more in Kurai, where we will go into, uh, you know, liver cancer, mm -hmm. kidney cancer research, uh, bladder cancer, mm -hmm. uh, uterus cancer, prostate. Mm -hmm. So we want to look at various uh, areas. And mm -hmm. the plan of Kurai A is to build a holistic tool, end-to-end mm -hmm. uh, -to -end tool for healthcare organizations. Mm -hmm. So you can upload your data, mm -hmm. and then we will convert your data, if it's images or text, in the cloud. Mm -hmm. uh, and we will make it ready for processing in the machine learning pipeline. Mm -hmm. Then we run algorithms to create simple diagnostic uh, mm -hmm. uh, algorithm mm -hmm. with a decent accuracy. Mm -hmm. And then finally, we want to create some kind of a simple prototype so the healthcare organizations can use this as a, as a decision support system, meaning mm -hmm. as, as a second opinion. So we are not saying the doctors can fully rely on, on some uh, algorithm that we have built for breast cancer or, or, or skin cancer. Mm -hmm. All we are saying is you have your standard tools and practices. Mm -hmm. Now you have another tool in which you can look and you can get second opinion. So that's it's a slow start. Mm -hmm. uh, I think healthcare organizations are, are still adopting slowly and steadily uh, AI technologies. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is uh, that is coming together. So basically, Kurai, we build an end-to-end -end holistic tool. You can go on our website and you can see all the services we provide, annotation, data processing, algorithm development, and, and also specific training for the medical staff as well so mm -hmm. that they know what they're doing with this uh, tool, right? Because they, they, they haven't worked with this before. Mm -hmm. And finally, Real AI is, uh, is just simplifying. Real AI is the big brother of DeepKappa. Wow. So Deep Kafa is very community driven. We have, you know, already together in total, we have, if I look at LinkedIn, various channels, we have close to 150,000 or more people. Mm -hmm. uh, so Deep Kafa, we want to keep as a place where people can come and talented people can work with us. And those who are really talented, they can work uh, and they can join our research team. Mm -hmm. And Real AI is the enterprise platform. If you go on realai.eu, mm -hmm. you will see it's... Uh, it's it's this is where our large projects are coming alive we mm -hmm. talk about our customers we talk about the funding so it's uh, like a enterprise uh, mm -hmm. uh, version of deep kafa deep kafa is an incubation version it's like a y combinator i'm sure you heard of that y combinator yeah. is in so it's in deep kafa great interesting things happen mm -hmm. uh, and real ai we make those things uh, in uh, let's say, establish those things in the enterprises so enterprises can use those uh, tools. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing. And this is really sure. very interesting uh, to audience, audience also to know actually what these three firms work and focus on. And uh, one more thing I would like to highlight is about your, you are a contributor editor on Forbes. So, uh, which Moro talks about AI and its impact on business and society. So what are the major impacts actually do you see in the business and the society right now with the AI? I think uh, so that there is a, there is a positive of, of mm -hmm. uh, AI. So first of all, uh, Forbes, uh, I, I, I used to write indeed. I, was, I, was, I think I spent close to one and a half years writing it and now I'm focusing on on our companies, so I've stepped outside uh, of Forbes because it takes a lot of you know energy to spend all your energies uh, in different platforms. So what the articles that I've written on Forbes are all focused on bringing uh, to to bring enterprises mm -hmm. and help enterprises understand the application of AI. So it's educating the business community. That's the reason why I started writing on Forbes. I was invited by a good friend of mine who was running this portal inside Forbes. Mm -hmm. and, and Lisa Woods, and she was wonderful. And so we wrote a few articles. Um, mm -hmm. 
I think the focus, uh, so, so the positive is, is obvious for most people, right? So people know, uh, well, AI is innovative technology. You can use, uh, you can optimize your processes and, and tools and with, with interesting tools, uh, that AI can provide you, whether if it's healthcare, you use the diagnostic tools to make their decisions faster in milliseconds instead of, you know, taking hours or days or, or weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you know, just or just improving the optimization, basically in in different parts of your businesses. Uh, but also, I'd like to educate the businesses around the downsides of uh, AI, which is uh, if you do not understand, if the AI cannot explain itself, if the AI is not, you cannot interpret what AI models are then uh, it is not easy for businesses to accept it because they 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 don't trust it because they yeah. don't know it right mm-hmm. so so i think uh, so it's, it's both the positives and the negatives mm-hmm. the positives is it's great it's innovative it's transformative it helps you optimize business it helps you automate a lot of tools mm-hmm. inside your businesses mm-hmm. so you're not relying on all the broken sort of system which mm-hmm. you're glowing with different other old and antiquated technologies. In in business terms, it's called technical debt. What mm-hmm. it means is you're using legacy systems. You use all kinds of old, outdated systems, mm-hmm. and that is challenging. So the whole idea is to educate people around the positive effect of AI, which is transformation, mm-hmm. and advise them on the, the downside of AI, which is bias, uh, you know, all kinds of problems that AI has. Uh, uh, around uh, its uh, transparency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can relate some of the aspects actually you mentioned that definitely it is challenging when it comes to the business or the organization when we think about implementing the real AI in the industries. So thank you so much for sharing that. And uh, one more sure. thing uh, along this uh, career journey that you, interesting career journey that you have, I would like to highlight is Considering current corona situation, pandemic situation, you became a member of focus group at World Health Organization, which talks more about, uh, works more about, works more on the AI for health. So yeah. it's possible to share more insights to the audience about that. Sure. So uh, this discussion we were happen- having already before corona time, we, uh, we had no idea, uh, you know, corona would hit us so bad in November. Mm-hmm. So we were talking about, and when I say we, uh, that means me, uh, our company, and there's a medical uh, institution in Germany called Charité Medical College. It's one of the largest medical co- uh, colleges in the in in Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the dental department uh, people who we were working with, we were collaborating with. Uh, they reached. Uh, we had a discussion that we think we should set up something also uh, within that specific focus group, mm-hmm. uh, and we can educate inside World Health Organization around the practical use of AI, but also the downsides of AI, because they don't know, uh, they don't know, well, that's maybe too, uh, you know, that I'm sure there are many knowledgeable people within World Health Organization, that's for sure. But I think uh, the field of AI is expanding and, uh, and evolving very fast. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to keep a pace with where, how fast the innovation yeah. is coming. It's extremely, even, even the most talented uh, data scientists and, and researchers are, you know, get get bombarded with mm-hmm. uh, new research. Especially, you can almost imagine when you have research conferences, mm-hmm. uh, suddenly hundreds or literally, if not thousands, of new research is published. And so it's almost like an explosion happening every few weeks inside conferences. So if researchers who invent AI themselves mm-hmm. are not able to keep a pace with mm-hmm. the speed of uh, innovation in AI, mm-hmm. it's impossible to imagine institutions like United Nations mm-hmm. or World Health Organization to to really be able to be on a full you know grip of this AI. None of us can be unless you deep dive into a specific area. Mm-hmm. Then you can keep a little bit of eye on the innovation. So for the same reason, we said, okay, we should set up a focus group for AI for health, mm-hmm. uh, and AI for health is already existing for a while. And and then we so here we come uh, every month we have a conference call we we come together we our goal is to write publications uh, together with the World Health Organization and ITU 
ITU is the international uh, sort of technical uh, sort of uh, organization which which collaborates with World Health Organization. Okay. Um, uh, so bringing awareness is important. Keeping uh, medical professionals uh, and public health professionals up to date with, with mm. the latest AI techniques is important. And obviously, right now in this period of uh, mm. pandemic, uh, learning and trying to educate uh, uh, institutions within the World Health Organization Mm-hmm. or institutional sort of uh, uh, administrators within World Health Organization around the use of mm-hmm. uh, these data science tools and techniques. Mm-hmm. So it it became, uh, it has become interesting now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are trying our best because World Health Organization is a very big organization. Yes. Uh, we are really hoping that, uh, that, that we can show them, uh, show our colleagues inside the organization some innovation. Uh-huh. And, and at the same time, not scare them away with too much innovation, uh, and 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 you know try to show them that the benefit of AI, right? So because there are many problems, many people are trying to solve in World Health Organization. Uh-huh. They want to solve because, it, it, for example, if you're in China or India, uh-huh. you have people suffering from uh, diabetes yeah. and yeah. other uh, you know diseases. Uh, for example, uh, you know retinopathy. Uh, yeah. You know. For, eye diseases is very common mm-hmm. but if you are in europe you don't have those diseases it's uh, you know you would rarely find people having those diseases mm-hmm. so naturally what happens in this region people don't do much research anymore because mm-hmm. you know it you know the, the the health healthcare system is much much effective here mm-hmm. um, so what happens is then we start living in a bubble Mm-hmm. And what we are trying to do is in World Health Organization, we are trying to sort of, uh, you know, bring innovation in parts which where it is needed mm-hmm. and and contributing also in, in diseases like uh, the malaria uh, or, or diabetes uh, or retinopathy. Mm-hmm. And, and Google, for example, Google also was doing this uh, in, uh, uh, in India with our retinopathy. So, so the whole idea is to bring awareness to mm-hmm. World Health Organization help them with the tools and the techniques and the space of innovation that is happening in AI yeah. and hoping that, you know, with these three things, people get aware around the use of AI yeah. and also the abuse of AI is also important. They should also be aware of that. Yeah. And that would be a great contribution. I feel if AI can help uh, in the healthcare system itself, that would be a great achievement kind of. Uh, yeah. World actually, because that is kind of a very specific domain to work on. Sure. AI can be helpful, then that would be a great achievement. So, thank you so yeah. much for sharing and uh, working on such an awesome assignment. Um, moving towards your passion, actually, the way you are talking definitely shows yeah. your passion towards this field. Even though we were trying to restrict ourselves, I don't think we are going to cover it up in 30 40 minutes. It's, it's very hard actually to cover somebody's passion in limited time. So moving towards our next question is about, you know, uh, again, along the same line, like, you know, how do you envision this future of AI in the society? Like, is it a boon or the ban? As you already mentioned, actually, there is always uh, some advantages as well as the disadvantages. But uh, overall, yeah. you say. Yeah, I think it's a good question. And maybe I can answer this with a question. Mm-hmm. Let's say if we knew what benefit and the downside of internet could be, mm-hmm. what would we have chosen? Let's say 90, 1995, uh, when the web browser came and internet was slowly coming alive and people were still using ISDN and all these other ADSL, ADSL came much later. Mm-hmm. I don't think you know about what, what I'm talking about, right? When I say ISD and ADSL, <laughs> because for you guys, you guys were, you know, you like, uh, you know, we grew up with those funny modems and all these, uh, you know, things. Right now, you just have a router and you just do internet. Yeah. Back in the days, you used to do telephone, you know, make a telephone call and yeah. then, and then you are basically hooked on to the telephone network and then you use the internet through the telephone network. Yeah. So <laughs> this was not so long ago, by the way. Yeah. Um, so if someone had raised this question, mm-hmm. knowing uh, that a lot of online abuse will happen, if you go on any social media platform today, 
you either see influencers you see me talking about uh, i'm i'm not so positive sometimes people call me influencers and i'm very ashamed of that title because yeah. i think uh, it's creating a disproportional uh, sort of relationship and yeah. an asymmetrical relationship between how we are looking at things yeah. there's just a handful of people who say something and yeah. everybody is just either following or either scaring them away yes right <laughs> yeah it's 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 become a it's it's kind of become a very black and white world mm. in which there is no room for color and acceptance and peace mm. it's unfortunately always it's it's typical trend i mean if someone has 100000 followers he doesn't take he or she doesn't take too much heat mm. when they have half a million or a million followers then this then then the trolls come and the trolls are going to chase you down they're going to kill you now if 20 years ago someone had asked if that this is the future we are going to live in mm-hmm. i think a lot of people in the governments and institutions would have put up already all these regulations the gdpr and all these things already in 1995 in place mm-hmm. um so that didn't happen mm-hmm. and people just let internet happen the way it is uh, and good things happened as well today you and i can talk because of the internet yeah. uh people can communicate uh people the business can still survive because we use internet to use all the services uh mm-hmm. in the in this time of pandemic it is probably so important if mm-hmm. you are a digital company meaning you use internet online tools mm-hmm. now let's look into the future mm-hmm. the next 20 years uh there could be a great ai economy mm-hmm. i think let's agree that there will be ai economy the mm-hmm. only thing is it's almost like we take a step 20 years back we don't know how internet would be so just think of it this way with me mm-hmm. so the good side of ai will be there's going to be a lot of automation right <clears throat> for example um you would be able to make a lot of let's say first of all one on one contract if we use ai properly mm-hmm. you will be able to understand me well uh right now actually if you if you right now i'm actually tired when i'm talking mm-hmm. to you because i had a long day yeah uh and then you would be we could use all kinds of tools and techniques to to understand terry's moods and then we could have a still a very engaging conversation mm-hmm. uh and all the other tools that will help us to actually make this a great experience uh, and i'm sure you know using artificial intelligence machine learning deep learning they can be very helpful mm-hmm. as long as this is a contract between the two of uh, us mm-hmm. and it doesn't go out on the internet there's a lot of benefit to it but <laughs> i mean everywhere in medical yeah. institutions in mm-hmm. airline business in manufacturing uh, mm-hmm. ai will be, provide you a lot of insights you don't have there's mm-hmm. a lot of economic waste uh, still mm-hmm. let's say you are an insurance company mm-hmm. if something happens uh, if let's say there's house damage uh, if i if there was a way with drones or some other to to constantly uh, to to evaluate the 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 Uh, the damage of my house or my car or anything else mm-hmm. the insurer will know exactly how much they can insure uh, and also provide me insurance for mm-hmm. right now i can say okay oh this uh, window is broken and then I, i i ask insurance for this whole wall and they just provide me insurance so insurers can use technology to to be more efficient mm-hmm. so there's a lot of benefit of ai in in many we can go deeper into examples but <clears throat> there's a lot of benefit mm-hmm. but there's a lot of good things but the bad things also scare me now because uh it's not like you know very bad things will happen i i hope not at least you know i when, when i mean very bad things i mean you know it will lead to civil war it will lead to what you know company uh, countries will use in defense systems uh maybe someone will you know take a mis- miscalculated uh, uh guess to to maybe make some very faulty mistake because the ai system made an made that assumption mm-hmm. so but i do worry that because of ai there might be i i'm worried that our humanity will change mm-hmm. yeah a very valid point actually yeah because we will look at each other differently uh i think i'm worried we will live in a future which like the science fiction movies right mm. where people are not meeting each other they always stay home they are just using all these tools mm. um i think we will become less humans in you know for yeah. the last 10 20 30000 30000 years 
we have been these hunters and gatherers we like to go out we like to meet each other we we like to make things together we are creative we are innovative we sing we dance mm-hmm. and now when i think of all these uh, let's say ai tools that are making music mm-hmm. uh, it generates jazz it's generating some rock music there was i saw someone on youtube was creating a rock music from mm-hmm. from a few rock stars it creates a totally new rock music with new lyrics mm-hmm. and what does that mean that means we will not have rock singers we will not have mm-hmm. actors we will not have news readers so so yeah that is a kind of i don't know if it's if it's going to make humanity yeah, what humanity I, is supposed to be i agree on that point and i also little get scared actually and i feel uh, this pandemic is giving you a kind of a reality check it is almost like a peek into yeah. the future yeah so definitely this is not a, like a pleasant future to have it is definitely good to have the people around you is like more like you know a human interaction than the virtual interaction it's always better to have yeah so, thank you so much uh, for sharing this and i'm really enjoying talking to you so moving towards our next question is about uh, any interesting work experience that you always remember along your career journey that you would like to share to the audience yeah um i'm sure there, there are so many there are so many yeah. <laughs> let me pick out a beautiful experience uh, it was uh, i think in 2006 uh it was actually comp- i think what i enjoy the most is the human centric technology innovation mm-hmm. what do i mean by that mm-hmm. uh i i somehow feel that if we just innovate and we are not interested in why we are making a technological innovation mm-hmm. then we just uh, for example if i make a nice tool let's mm-hmm. say i put up cameras outside and and i'm i'm pointing in this direction because i have a window maybe i'll just show you it's it's window towards my garden uh, mm-hmm. there so <laughs> so that's why i keep pointing in that direction so let's say i put cameras and that camera is going to give me uh, information around the weather and everything else and sending the information on my on my iphone mm-hmm. then it means i stop looking outside uh, so that's yeah. so i uh, that's why so my yeah. memory comes back to a project i did with my boss at the university Uh-huh. Uh, where we had to use a technology called virtualization uh-huh. and uh, and we 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 had a project in Uganda in 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 Africa uh-huh. uh, so so from the dutch uh, university we uh, we had interaction with the university at the, in in Kampala Kampala is the capital of of Uganda uh-huh. uh and i spent uh, on and off uh, four years i wasn't always there so few weeks and then come back obviously because my family is here so i'm not so uh, uh, i was in uganda so we were working together with four technical colleges including mm-hmm. the university and four technical colleges in, throughout uganda mm-hmm. um i had the most wonderful experience there because i was in the middle of nature we 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 used to travel hundreds of miles from going from one location mm-hmm. to another location because uganda is a big country it's not like netherlands it's a big country mm-hmm. uh and the safari i mean there's a you know there's flora fauna the world it's beautiful i mean it's uh, the most beautiful sort of place to be in africa mm-hmm. and 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 each college I I was teaching uh, I w- uh, and I was implementing technology uh, together with the university and industry partners. So I I felt that I felt I was in the mi- I was uh, I was actually the most happiest there mm-hmm. because I was enjoying what I was doing being in the midst of people and and we were learning new technology. I was uh, you know applying technology because it would help uh, the technology was uh, we were also using for gender awareness uh, Uh, and 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 essentially this project was it was a large project it was a four years long project mm-hmm. and <clears throat> it was project sponsored by the dutch government um i i enjoyed everything so it was traveling i traveled so i as i really loved traveling i was there and i was traveling on land i was going through all these beautiful natural uh, sort of you know way and at the same time i had a mission uh it was a mission in which uh through the project we wanted to improve the technical uh capability of those colleges 
with mm-hmm. the principals and the teachers together in those mm-hmm. colleges. Uh, so I think it's it, it's the fondest memory I have, mm-hmm. and it's just it's a combination of human uh, uh, in the middle mm-hmm. uh, using technology to advance, uh, let's say, our skills, mm-hmm. and and at the same time also seeing different parts of the world and making friends uh, with people. Mm-hmm. So. That is a great, great sort of memory uh, of yeah. the project we did in Uganda. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing and moving towards your volunteering work. Uh, you do a lot of volunteering, actually. I saw in your profile as well. So, what do you think is the most important aspect of volunteering, and how does that help to individual as well as the other people in the society? So, I think for me, volunteering, volunteering, it comes at a cost because you have to put up. You know your free time, which you basically don't have as an entrepreneur. Yeah, you have uh, in a lot of things. Yeah, and it's it's so what I what we try what I've tried to do through philanthropy in in Deep Kafa is mm-hmm. uh, is is continue to go back and like I go and teach at the universities, uh, all kinds of workshops. Mm-hmm. There are hackathons we do all over the place in Middle East, mm-hmm. uh, in in uh, in Europe. In U.S., in India, we go uh, on a regular basis, mm-hmm. uh, and so in in the, in the volunteering position, also with, for example, with United Nations, where we've also worked together with a startup in Turkey and Syria. Mm-hmm. I think it's 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 an important part of any human being. You should do it. You shouldn't feel like uh, you know time. Yes, is important, but if you're not able to make time to 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 be able to help someone who is in great need, mm. uh, then no amount of wealth and innovation can save them. So as much as I'm excited about the use of technology inside human beings, mm-hmm. I think if we forget the main reason why we are doing this mm. is to make life easier so people can have more time. See, technology should solve our problems so we have more time to spend with each other. But mm. if technology is uh, is making and alienating people and and there are more rich and uh, and uh, and a lot of poor people in this world. Then I think then it's a wrong future. Mm. It's a, it's a future that will destroy all of us. The ones who are accumulating wealth, mm-hmm. they will not they will not be saved from it either. They will they will also self combust. Mm-hmm. And the ones who are dying and and the ones who are cannot feed themselves. There are young children who mm-hmm. are there. Are millions of young people have been. Uh, uh, you know, uh, have been thrown off uh, on on the street in Syria, and and those people have no future. Mm-hmm. So if if you if if you cannot go there and cannot you know spend two days or three days or five days to teach, uh, then you know if you don't do it, then others will also think think the same. Yeah. So it but it does come at a cost because uh, eventually. Uh, you know, I would like to also see what happened afterwards, mm-hmm. and so I do it with great pleasure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously, right now we try to do it through online. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, these kind of things. Yeah, technology but, made it a little easier as well, actually, to help. Others. Yeah. So but you have to help. You know, like it, it, every time I see on LinkedIn, there's some a lot of young people are have struggling with H1B today. Yeah. Uh, and so there was a girl yesterday. Uh, she she was saying so. I like to at least there. I'm jumping in, and I prefer to actually spend my time on the internet talking about uh, mm-hmm. talking or rather doing things than mm-hmm. starting to preach, uh, making lists of uh, how to do data science and all those things. You know, a lot of people I know. It's it's a way to build followers. I know all that. I mean, it's fine. That's okay. You know, uh, day number one. Uh, I'm programming. The thing is. It's fine because it's people like to. It's it's good people do that, but the thing is, <laughs> are you standing up also for people who are struggling? Yeah. Because the thing is, you should see it this way. You know, today racism racism is a big issue in America, but it's it's not racism. It's all about discrimination. There are a lot, and and discrimination comes only when people are not uh, enfranchised or uh, if people are disenfranchised. Let's say. For some reason, uh, some person who doesn't know much about data science is not part of this community. Mm-hmm. They, they start feeling sort of off, you know, not they're not belonging to that community. Mm-hmm. So I think the reason why more people should do volunteering by doing and not mm-hmm. writing no long lectures on the internet, yeah. because everybody's a hero on the internet. 
because no one is asking your credentials right yeah. let's say i i i create i can create a fake profile tomorrow on mm. twitter or on linkedin mm. and i will start posting things which the algorithm loves the most uh for example in linkedin if i post things like uh there was a, a person who was looking for a job and i gave him a job you know those are very very amazing posts and they're all bullshit but everybody loves it yeah the thing is that's not volunteering that's just creating a make believe world yeah. the real volunteering is and i say this to all influencers out there is to stand up for someone one person mm-hmm. who is struggling mm-hmm. hold his or her hand mm-hmm. and say i want to help him and i want to help her mm-hmm. uh and be that person you mm-hmm. will not get too many likes yeah. i know because it always happens because somehow for some weird reason the algorithms don't like it but that is true because the algorithm loves if you post something nice sticky mm-hmm. right a sticky post people love be a person to help each other mm-hmm. and that's that's the volunteering you should do yep that's mm-hmm. very important and very valid point actually and uh, this is more or come towards the thinking as well i feel um like you know if you bring that thinking uh, definitely you can build that community and stand for something good so it's very important to act uh, when it when it comes to volunteering definitely it is something that is like you know helping attitude is important rather than just talking something so thank you so much it's really really very valid point uh, towards the volunteering and hope audience will also listen to it and you know uh, start doing it more proactively because that definitely brings a positive community actually brings the positivity as well as bring people together um rather than competing against each other for the small things uh, it's more important yeah. to actually bring that uh, big big vision uh, uh, the big thinking towards the community so thank you so yeah. much and uh, this the way you are talking definitely you are the leader in the space you are interested in and uh, there are a lot more things aspects actually dynamics that you explored along your career journey as well so what is your leadership style and uh, any kind of any leader that you always follow and admire um so i i there are some leader it's it's a combination of things i love actually larry ellison style you know who larry ellison is yeah yeah <laughs> he's so, ceo of oracle yeah. mm-hmm. uh founder and ceo of oracle i really like his style because uh it's uh, the thing is a lot of leaders uh mm-hmm. and this also applies to guys like Steve Jobs on even Larry Ellison who are seen as hard and cold and insensitive they actually do a lot of philanthropy work but they don't make too much noise about it so i like those kind of leaders mm-hmm. i really do uh, so i have a very strange way of or at least strange i like to see what people don't talk about i prefer to see what they are not talk because talk is cheap uh and and that doesn't impress me mm-hmm. but it impresses a lot of people 90% of the 90 or maybe 95% of the leaders who are ceos they they are coming you know they'll put up suit and tie and they will say we are in this together uh we care about our employees but on the other side you're seeing they are firing tens of thousands of employees so i don't know what that so for me the leadership should be direct mm-hmm. if you see the leadership style of uh larry ellison Mm-hmm. Steve Jobs, mm-hmm. Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. It's direct, but mm-hmm. it is it is at least honest. Mm-hmm. It is honest because and and the same applies to Jeff Bezos as well. A lot of people sort of I know get angry at me when I say uh, that yo you know the Amazon people a lot of uh, sort of employees uh, are uh, you know in some cases maybe things haven't gone well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's important to have a direct leadership style. I mean, I cannot imagine how it is to run a business with uh, more than 600,000 employees that is jeff bezos so i you know i i look at the leadership style so for example uh, maybe you don't know or, or you knew or you didn't know for example jeff bezos is has a very simplistic way of living he's not the uh, for example he has a wooden uh, wooden like a stump which is his chair so okay. he's very lives simplistically in his office he answers emails if you send an email or i he will answer if it's important message steve jobs used to also answer emails okay. uh, so they, these are the kind of leaders i really like so guys like larry ellison they i admire them most and and from them i think i may have also developed this style of 
directness because I believe being direct is uh, not always good in the beginning. In the people say, oh, so for example, I'm having a conversation with some researcher or someone else who wants to be part of our community. And I say, I'll give you an assignment. You should do it. And if you're great, it'll work for you. If you're not, it won't work for you. <laughs> and and yeah. then people say, oh, this is very cold and all that. But I'm not sugarcoating anything. Why should I sugarcoat things? Yeah. So how do, you, how do you think I, want, I should do it? Then I always, so people say, ah, you should be sweet. I said, what is going to happen? The output will be this person can do the job or cannot do the job. Yeah, and if I say, mm -hmm. so I think, so direct leadership style is important. Mm -hmm. uh, and and I've, so these are the kind of leaders I really admire. I, I don't sort of subscribe to uh, the leaders who say something and do different things. And that's very, that's very, I, it doesn't fit in my books. Mm -hmm. no. Yeah, that's great, actually. And a very good leadership style to have, actually. Maybe people get hurt uh, just because uh, leader being the direct, but it is for their long-term uh, success. I exactly. Think. Exactly. Uh, and pulling them in the initial stages, uh, it's more important to understand, make them understand it in the initial stage itself. They can so that they can also lead their way. So thank you so much for sharing. And uh, moving towards our next question is about uh, more or about the guidance. Uh, you gave a lot of insights actually uh, already in the artificial intelligence as well as in the data space. So uh, any books or online courses would you like to recommend to the audience who are looking to start or grow in their career in the machine learning, deep learning, or the AI? Oh wow! Um, I guess Long list. you know, it's you know, it's it, yeah. It, there's too much information, and yeah. I've I've personally moved on. Do you feel uh, a disadvantage actually now you talked about like there is too much information available because this is this field is open source, so Every now you feel like, you know, somebody's posting something about something and sometimes it's mislead the terms. Um, yeah. So it's very hard actually to find that proper guidance where people can lead uh, yeah. or go in their career in the proper direction. So it's becoming hard. Yeah. Uh, that's all I can say. Yeah. It's becoming very hard. I would only suggest this and maybe after three, four years of being really deep into uh -huh. uh, deep learning, uh, I can suggest that uh, the only way to become a specialist is uh, work, work the opposite way. Mm -hmm. Don't, if you work from grounds up, meaning let me learn statistics, let me learn probability, mm -hmm. then you can forget that you will ever be able to reach because uh, that field is changing dramatically. So mm -hmm. you should almost see it like it's, it's like this. Uh, so it's almost like an inverted, uh, inverted uh, pyramid. So if you start here, then it's going to be very hard. You'll be lost in this space halfway already. Like, oh, mm -hmm. I don't know, computer vision. Computer vision, if you go into computer vision, suddenly it's a huge field. Mm -hmm. What computer vision should I go into uh, autonomous mm -hmm. vehicles? And should I do predictive maintenance inside manufacturing companies? Should I do uh, medical imaging? Uh, where do I go? So I think the most important thing is to look into... Um, uh, maybe just focus on a job-oriented way of, of a project-oriented way of working. Mm -hmm. So uh, if there's a company you want to work for, find mm -hmm. what they're doing, uh, figure out a way, make a plan for yourself, figure out a way to, uh, it's very simple, let's say airline company, uh, maybe not the right example in these times, but <laughs> because the next few years they, they barely may be making any revenues and they're not hiring. Uh, let's say any company which is using uh, still you know, old-fashioned ways, uh, manufacturing company, uh, ball bearings manufacture anything, or, you know, damage, uh, weather damage, or some other things, you know, insurers. Find a domain. Mm -hmm. uh, find find industry vertical. That's one. Mm -hmm. Find the domain inside the industry vertical. And the domain could be, well, they use a combination of computer vision and also NLP or text analytics. Oh. So it could be that. Mm -hmm. And then find that niche because there is a special niche to do to do that. So mm -hmm. your industry vertical uh, uh, AI domain expertise, and mm -hmm. then go look for literature which is relevant to those things. Mm -hmm. So as it's as if you you broke this down and you stand on top instead of the inverted, you're making it like this, and you come and stand here, mm -hmm. and you make your clear vision around. Okay, so I want to. I think this is the area which is interesting. It's mm -hmm. uh, also possible for me to get a job there mm -hmm. because that's the company that is looking for these specialists. Mm -hmm. And and then 
you find domain, you find technique. It'll be difficult in the beginning. It'll be very, very, you'll have headaches. You will be learning new things and it'll mm-hmm. be like, wow. Uh, but believe me, in, in a year's time, or maybe even much, much earlier, you will be able to uh, comprehend it, meaning understand it enough. Mm-hmm. And then it makes sense to follow a specific course, which uh, is on Coursera, mm-hmm. find a specific uh, lecture material, which is from IIT Madras, mm-hmm. because this is how I have focused on my learning. Mm-hmm. Because we always tend to just say, okay, let's go to pick Stanford lectures. And it's not always that way. Sometimes mm-hmm. you find interesting material for that specific domain mm-hmm. in a lecture material. Mm-hmm. And I have found, I, men- I mentioned specifically because I found some really interesting online material found on IIT Madras uh, online uh, webpage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's about finding those elements, which are key learning uh, elements for you. Then trying to answer this open-ended question by saying, what are the courses I should follow? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. I'll, I'll, my answer would be, I don't know. Photography is a great course to follow because I, 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 I don't know. I don't know what to say. Yeah. Because sure, because if people expect that, you know, uh, there's a ready-made answer. And that's the problem on, on LinkedIn. People mm-hmm. just share, these are the top 20 books. That's bullshit. I mean, because, I mean, yes, you'll get 500 likes, but it doesn't answer the real inherent yeah. question. That's so if someone says, uh, in that, okay, for pre-processing uh, or for data imbalance, uh, data set imbalance uh, issues, these are the three great books. Then it makes sense mm-hmm. because it's picking up a specific element from the machine learning pipeline, mm-hmm. which is, you know, how to deal with imbalanced data sets. And mm-hmm. then if you say, these are the two books that are great, then it makes a great sense. Yeah. So the question should be specific and answer becomes specific. Mm. Uh, and if people ask a generic question, uh, then I just don't know what to say because I'll say, wow, there's like uh, every day there are 500 researchers coming out. Mm. Every two months, everybody's publishing deep learning book. Uh, every week, someone is creating a MOOC platform. Okay, let me do Jupyter Norbook. It's like, ah, you know. Area so, very saturated actually right now. Like, uh, it's, it's saturated. It's, it's, yeah. it's over flooded. Saturation yeah. is still... Right now, everybody's creating, uh, uh, okay, let's uh, do Panda. So this, uh, there's some Panda lecture going on. Yeah. Uh, and then people are putting videos on Udemy and then, okay, uh, how much uh, it's, you know, I mean, it's like, so I, I don't know. People should really spend their time and money wisely. So if you spend, let's say, if you do a training and from the training, you are able to say, hmm, actually, now I understand what I can do with this specific area of seismology. Mm. Okay? So that can only happen when you're learning together with other people. You don't learn on isolation. Mm. It's the biggest fallacy. The fallacy is I'm sitting at home. All these MOOCs are available for me. $10 here, $50 here. I have learned. No, that's 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 the way you buy groceries. Right? Mm. Mm-hmm. You buy groceries, you go, to, you go to a shopping mall, or let's say you go to Amazon, you say, uh, I want Cinnabons, I want uh, chocolate cupcakes, I want this, I want this. You just click press buy, and it's sent to you. Mm-hmm. The thing is, <laughs> that's the difference. The thing is with the Cinnabon bombs and the, the cupcakes which you have, you eat them, you enjoy them, mm-hmm. your salivary glands are excited, and mm-hmm. your stomach is enjoying it. Difference with learning is you cannot buy it because it has to sink into your skull, inside your skull. And you have to find a different way to learn. Learning is not eating. So the thing is, internet is, uh, this whole MOOC thing is playing on the consumption behavior of you and I. But our consumption of goods and materials is very different than consumption of information mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and we are not even consuming information because if you want to consume information you should go to twitter or facebook there are a lot of people fighting with each other right <laughs> you jump and you start saying yeah screw yeah. trump or uh, maga no, maga 2.0 yeah. but the thing is 
this is not consumption of goods and materials. This is not consumption of information. This <laughs> is learning. Yes. New skills. And, and, you know, you can stand and talk a lot, but there's a lot of bullshit being sold on the internet and people are buying it. And mm. having said that, I think uh, I should be fair to say that a lot of people have written good material, but that there's a lot of repeat and fast saturation. Mm -hmm. So, so, so I would suggest find the industry vertical, mm. find a domain that mm. the industry vertical is in desperate need to solve its problems. So in some industry vertical, it'll be just text analytics. Okay, do that. Find some nice, uh, you know, build some tools and make an API. Mm. You're suddenly, you're, you're far ahead of every, everybody else because you've created a solution. Yeah. So I would suggest do it differently. Don't do it this way because this way you will sink and you will drown. Yeah. If you do it from here, from top, you will be able to win. And this is really very wise advice and uh, definitely, you know, uh, it is more or about coming up with something customized rather than just going for the generic thing. Because there's a lot of things available right now in the market, which is like, you know, you'll find a bunch of books actually. You just Google and then you'll find like a list of books like talking about Python R or machine learning or deep learning. It's very hard when it comes to the content that which content you should follow. And if somebody has the work experience and build something differently, definitely that is going to be the valuable. Absolutely. Rather than just going for something which is general. So thank you so much. And it was wonderful one hour, more than one hour actually. Oh, wow. Uh, for me oh, uh, yeah. discussing with you and really very happy to have you on the show and really appreciate your time. And definitely I feel that audience is going to enjoy this episode and find something very useful for their career journey as well. So thank you so much. And Thanks very much always, for having me. Yeah, thank you so much. And as I always say, until we meet, happy leading. Let's live together. Stay safe. Bye for now.